Welcome to The New Exchange, a podcast series that explores how everyone has a story to tell. My name is Ken Grandpierre, and this is the last bonus episode of the season. What a lucky joy it is that it's with an old friend of mine, the incomparable Ella Voss. Ella is a singer-songwriter who's lived what feels like 10 lifetimes. From intense heartbreaks and battling a cancer diagnosis, Ella's been put through the ringer in ways that make most people hide from the world. But instead, Ella's done the opposite, largely from embracing these hardships and triumphantly arriving to a place of pronounced self-acceptance. This all-encompassing self-love is a prominent fixture of her music, and like most of our episodes, we very much explore that on today's podcast, the way life and art intersect and feed into one another. This talk you're about to hear, for example, it was recorded the week before her first single drop in two and a half years. When I was listening back to the edit, I was struck by the nervousness that Ella had at the start. But then, as the talk progressed, there was this fiery assurance towards her art that started to appear and... Yeah, man, moments like that are just so validating. That new single of hers is called Glitter and Tears, by the way. And since dropping that, she's also released another new song called Mountain. Both songs are available to stream everywhere, and I also massively recommend that you check out their music videos as well. Ella's next album will be out next year. Be sure to follow her on all socials so you don't miss out on the release date. You can find her at Ella Voss on Instagram, Twitter, you know the deal. I have to say, you know, it's so funny. When I was, again, listening back to this edit, it was really wild to me how so much of what Ella was saying felt applicable to where I was in life now versus when we had this initial talk. And that's one of my favorite things about podcasts. It doesn't matter which day or time you're listening to this. I know that no matter what, the words in this chat will resonate with you. I mean, at least I very much hope that it does. And especially if you're going through a hard time, this is one of those talks that beautifully reminded me that we're never really stagnant. Like this is such a weird time of year for most people, you know, December, the end of the year. And I think a lot of it comes from us feeling as though we're suspended in animation, but it's a talk like this that just reminds me about how untrue that is. Our lives are in motion, even when we don't feel like they are. And yeah, I hope you enjoy this one. This is the new exchange with Ella Voss. Enjoy. I know I just said it before I hit the recorder, but the people didn't hear it, but I'll say it again. It is genuinely really good to be seeing you again. And Ella, how are you getting on today? Oh, I'm having a great day. Um, It's day one of release week, so I have a lot of release week jitters just typical emotional roller coaster of releasing my first song after two years so it's insane right and like you know I do have to say and when I was like preparing for this talk I was thinking about like how I wanted to ask so many of the questions I wanted to ask you and then it hit me like you know we've talked so many times over the years so it's not something that I need to overthink but in reference to that right like I found myself during the pandemic thinking about you a couple of times because I couldn't help but think about how the last time you, we talked, it was largely about like, you know, the cancer diagnosis and how your passion for your career was like reaffirmed. And I bring all that up to ask, like, life must be so different now than it was the last time we talked. Yeah. Wow. It's so different. I've gone through like a literal transformation. To make like tell me more about that like I mean because I you know social media isn't everything and social media sometimes you know distorts things but 
I feel like when I see like see stuff that you post, it's like this self acceptance that I think a lot of people it takes them a while to arrive at. I love that you notice that because I feel like self acceptance is something I have been working on for the last five years, and I feel like I've gone through a transformative time with life experiences that we can talk about. But I I feel like it's so cheesy, but I feel like a butterfly emerging from my cocoon in a way, which is weird. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I love the, I, <laughs> what's amazing is that like with people hearing this, they'll just hear like your, your very beautiful voice, but they wouldn't be able to see the fact that you were like, trying to suppress the cringe as you said that you were like i feel this way but do i feel this way do i want to share this with the world do i want to share this or not yeah you know it's really it's it's kind of been like that a lot where i have like so much joy in my life where i kind of feel like uncomfortable sometimes with how much i share with people because we've been through a really tough period of time and you know the pandemic wasn't great for everyone that's where that comes from i'm like i feel like i'm thriving but then i have this like guilt of like being too shiny i guess oh well you could never be too shiny man and it's like you know in, in reference to what you brought about the pandemic it is very real but i will say that the feeling that you have within that i think is also indicative of life pre-pandemic and why it's so important for someone like you to exhume the joy out that you're feeling because um there's this band that i love you probably heard of them idols this like british punk band and i think it's their second album it's called joy is an act of Re resistance and it's hilarious how a title of like a punk rock album could be so uh poignant towards just how life is in general if you think about just everyday life being joyful and like sharing on the world is an act of resistance of just the way the world currently is yeah, I love that. Yeah, I'm glad it resonates with you. And um, yeah, I want to harken back to social media a bit because like, it, this is going to be actually kind of interesting to say. I don't think, I can't think of many interviews where I referenced a person's social media while I was preparing for things, but it has been a while since you released music. So I wanted to ask you about, um, I think it was back in September that I saw that you went to this wedding in Sicily, right? Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, you look so happy in the pictures there. And just like, uh, I know I brought up like, you know, pre-COVID, but I would also love to say like, knowing how you've went through some bullshit in the music industry, knowing you could go to a place like that and also feel joyful is really awesome. And like, it felt like I was seeing a whole new you in those pictures, really. Well, it was also my honeymoon. Like, was it, your honeymoon? it was, it was like our, like, part one of our honeymoon. Yeah, we got married. Tommy and I got married. I mean, okay, we have, by the way, we have so much we need to catch up on that we need to like say specifically. Yes, please. But <laughs> yeah, you got married. That's another thing to say. You got married. I got married. <laughs> yeah. So Tommy and I got married. Tommy, Tommy English is a songwriter and producer. He's incredible. And uh, it was our it was our honeymoon in Sicily. So we were or like part one of our honeymoon. And yeah, we were glowing. And I also not only was I glowing because we were celebrating, but I received 
all the mixes and masters. I, at the beginning of the trip, I got all the mixes back from my album. And by the end of the trip, I had all the masters. Oh, my God. So it's just like a huge, um, you know, like and working on this, this album has been such a big project um, for the last two years. So it's just like a really joyful time. Lots to celebrate. The wedding was like also fun, but I didn't know a lot of people there. So I, I had a, a similar experience in the sense that I didn't get married, but um, I went through a really big breakup last year. I met someone new at the start of this year and we went to a wedding in France in July. And we uh, like, I knew the couple getting married very well, but I didn't know a lot of their friends. So it was a very kind of like, it almost felt like a, it, there's an episode of Seinfeld where they go to like a party on Long Island. It kind of almost felt that way, but like in France, but it was, yeah. it was a nice experience. Yeah, it was a nice experience is it was, it was a good way to put it. Yeah, I mean, and that's, I love how, what you said about the, um, the way you got the mixes and the masters over the course of that trip. It's indicative of like the butterfly analogy used earlier, because how trippy is it you got to hear the music literally transform over the course of like several like weeks or whatever. And like, you got to like experience your own music in a different context. Yeah, it was like, it was nice to like give it away and let it be completed and then return back to me. It was nice to go through that process. Everything about making this album has been like a really cool process. I know I'm talking about the album. I'm not sure if I should be talking about like just the single or. Oh yeah, we, we could talk about the album. This should be coming out like around December time. So like a little bit far out. Okay, okay. Okay, so cool. we could we could we could share some things about the world, like and I, and I promise we're going to be talking more about music. But before we do, in relation to like what was brought up in regards to like you know the honeymoon and the wedding and like you know being able to like witness love and being a part of it, and I think this could even tie back to like the pandemic a little bit. You know, it is a very big deal to allow love in your life to like allow oneself to feel it, to receive it, to like put it out into the world. And I'm not specifically asking this in the context of like a relationship, but more specific in just general life. But like, can you describe like how you feel, how important you felt that's been for you to like have that allowance of love being like kind of overtly tangible in your life? Because it is a big deal, you know? It's a really big deal. I feel like, I don't know. I don't, I feel like it's hard to explain, I guess. It feels very like, like, I feel like I've connected a lot to like my inner child. I guess it's hard to describe. I haven't really described it to anyone either. So I'm thinking about it. <laughs> Does it, like, I love analogies at times. Does it almost feel like a, a hot air balloon? You know, sometimes like a hot air balloon seems so gargantuan, but somehow it's like floating in the air there, you know? So it feels... It's hard for me to talk about it without talking about the music, to be honest. It really, like, ties together. So I feel... That's perfect to me, please. Very connected to myself. And I find myself really connecting to myself in nature. And so I feel all... I really feel 
when I feel love, I feel like I'm experiencing all the elements. So I'm feeling water, air, fire, earth. Like, what's the fourth one? Uh, so I feel like grounded. And, but at the same time, I feel floaty and I feel emotional like water and I feel like fiery and spicy. And I've kind of, that's kind of shaped the world that my album has been living in. And it's like, that's how I've been experiencing love. And I feel that like towards myself and I feel it towards my partner and my son. And the album is all about healing. So it's about this, like, you know, I've been a broken human being and over the course of time and transformation, like, I've been super glued back together and I'm like something more like stronger now. I guess this all to say like this experience of love is really like, I don't know, it's coming out in a lot of different ways. I'm also wearing like, I've changed my entire wardrobe to be green. I don't know if you've noticed on social media. I I was gonna say I have indeed. (laughs) So green is the color of healing it's the color of the heart chakra so it's the color of love and I just like wanted to like create some consistency with my wardrobe because like I find it really overwhelming so I decided I'm just gonna wear green and it makes me like remember all the love that I receive and the love that I give out and I know, like, I feel like I sound like I'm so, like, silly. It doesn't sound silly at all, because that last bit there, I love when people find ways to have, it's come up on this series a lot, where you can have a matter of intention, but you can apply it in a tangible way. I mean, I love to point out in the context of you bringing up your green wardrobe, I find it hilarious that I'm now sat with you talking and I'm wearing a very typical New York City black shirt that every little person in the city has. So I feel like seeing your green shirt is actually radiating some nicety in my life. And um, Thank you. <laughs> I love Thank that. You. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, you know, Ella, this is kind of trippy. Like, we're going to start talking about the album specifically, but what you said there, it's very reflective of what I value so much about you and your artistry, where I think we've been talking since, like, 2017, like, around then. And I think something I've noticed from that time to now it's been very consistent is that you're willing to show those cracks where it's like, if you think about what Superglue does, it does put things back together where the cracks are still there. And I think so many people would prefer to hide them and to like hide, shy away from them or like put a sleeve over it. But I really value that you're willing at times to be open about the hard things we go through, but yet that we could come on the other side. I think that's like, what's really powerful about what you've been able to do with your work. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it feels, I feel like I've been on a journey since I started writing songs of like the self-discovery, so. Well, something else that's come up on this series a lot has been, and it's been really fascinating to me, if I'm being honest with you, this aspect of the third album. Like, there's something about the third album and an artist's career that does feel like a big step, like something to change the road 
like that i just feel like we we've noticed it consistent consistently with different artists and i wonder for you as an artist that's about to embark on releasing their third album did you feel any of that while working on it like did it feel like because of the way you know the chapter of a career works did this feel kind of like significant to you in that way yeah i think like it felt like the third chapter the of of the trilogy of the journey that has been Elvis. So I felt that when when I knew I knew I was working on an album after I wrote the song Super Glue and it just felt so fitting as like you know my first album was about it was kind of about me saying all the things that I it was called words I never said. So it was about being honest and saying things I was scared to say. And I talked about a lot. I had a lot of like um, family uh, songs about my family in there. And it was kind of this like, it was this rebirth. It was a beginning. Then, and and it opened, it opened up the door. And then when I open up, when you open up the door, you don't know what's going to happen next. And like, my second album is all about the turbulence that like you go through when you do like decide to change your life, which is basically what I was, what I've been doing in the past couple of years. And this album felt like the completion of that, where I could say like, all right, here's what it sounds like now that I'm healing from all the trauma. So it's very like, I guess, I don't know. It's a very personal work. I, I don't want to overthink it because it's also really fun. It's been, it's been very, you know, I very much like have put myself out there the last several years and I don't know. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> trailing off. No, it's okay. I mean, that's one of the best things about a podcast. We jump onto different areas, Perfect. but like, no, exactly, exactly. But like in reference to what you said there about the music, about not wanting to, you know, overthink it in a way. Like, I feel like sometimes that could also be like a guiding light or like a, like almost like an arrow pointing you in different ways. Because it's like you said, like you are used to making music that's very personal. And you're also used to making music that's like dancey and that you can like bop to. But like, when you brought up that aspect of fun, like, do you think that was also an important like kind of attribute where you're like, okay, if I'm going to make this music, these, this new collection of songs, then maybe the thing that could tie them together is this element of like fun and whimsy and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, the element of fun on my third album really came from being in a new environment and making the album with new collaborators and being in love and um, you know, working, making the album with Tommy and really spending time in the studio, just like making music we wanted to listen to. It wasn't like work. It was, it was like, what, a, there's nothing to do because we're on lockdown. So or not seeing people, you know, it was always something to do. Isn't it crazy how that last bit there, what you said about making music we wanted to listen to, it's like, it seems like an obvious idea or an obvious goal, but I feel like in my experience of talking to artists, it, it almost seems like something you have to like relearn or get re reminded about in a way. 
Yeah, I I think like I I think it's comp. I think it's uh, there's a lot of layers to it. Like I feel like you know you start out as you, you put music out as an artist, and something you know takes off, something grabs hold, and then there's all this pressure to recreate that. And you're constantly chasing, how can I do that again? Like for me, it was like, how can I make another white noise? I can't, but I feel like I chased that for a while and it was making the process not fun. And I realized that I needed to get back into a space of like connecting with the music that I really like to listen to and explore and like I wanted to make something new and different and not something that sounded like I don't know it might not fit on a lot of playlists might be a a little bit like new and that just takes time to do that was a really long answer sorry it wasn't that long at all honestly no no, no, and I, I don't mind. No one minds that. No one minds. We want to hear you speak. We want to hear you speak your mind. And like, in ref, yeah, and in reference to you saying that just there, you know, like it's again joy as an act of resistance. Like joy as an act of the bullshit, constrictive nature of playlisting. It, it, that that has come up quite a bit on the podcast, and I love it because I think sometimes people see the playlisting game and they think by the nature of how prevalent it is there's this idea that artists are like, you know, jumping at the bit to be part of it. And to some extent, I imagine that's true. But I do always appreciate when I get to talk to someone that sees that and is like, you know, there's more to my craft than that. And I feel like that's kind of the sentiment you echoed in what you said there. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I think it's a, you know, I think it's a mindset that maybe works for some people. And for me, I've like, I kind of had to reevaluate who I wanted to be as an artist and what was important. And I think, you know, just putting that out of mind was a huge relief. Well, I love to hear it. Um, I think something that probably helped as well is if I think about the collaborations that I heard that you did with Cascade, um, I really loved them because I always felt, again, your music is dancey, but like I've always felt like your voice would fit so well in that kind of like electronic kind of EDM world. And when I heard those collabs, I felt like, God, like, yes, like it just, it clicked so perfectly. I'm just like, this is what your voice could do. Um, what did the experience of collaborating with him uh, show you about yourself on a creative level? Because imagine the experience of that was like almost like opening a new door or something. Yeah, it was pretty, I mean, I guess it, it really, it made me feel like a qualified songwriter where I know that's silly to say, but like I have, you know, just so much imposter syndrome that it was nice to have the affirmation of like, oh, someone wants to use my song. It was nice and like someone I respect. So it was a cool experience. And I imagine that felt so poignant, even in a, in a way of like artist to artist, because I could imagine, I, I feel like sometimes artists could be so uh, guarded and specific about their own craft that I imagine that if you're an artist and another artist allows you into their world, 
the the type of like um cosine of that is like so specific you know like i don't think it's it's so different than anything else yeah yeah so um you know by the time people hear this it'll be out already uh glitter and tears it'll be the first new music that you know we've heard from you in some while and it's funny because um i usually hold back from asking artists this question but because you brought up intention earlier i do think it's fitting in regards to how you think about things and go about things but what made you want to release this one first? Because a lot of artists will say like, oh, like my label or my manager made me come up with that. But I have a feeling like it was very intentional for you that this was gonna be the first thing we heard off the album. Yes, it was, to be honest, it wasn't an obvious decision at first. It took a long time to figure out, to decide which, one, uh, which song was gonna be first. There's a lot of favorites. But Glitter and Tears is my water song. It's my rebirth, my baptismal song, um, returning into, I feel like, my true nature. All those, that's all my dramatic things to say about it. But I... <laughs> Um, yeah, Glitter and Tears, it was such a, it's, it's such a special song. It felt like it, the, the way like the songwriting came together, um, I had been wanting, I have been thinking for the past two years, how I wanted to write a song about my cancer diagnosis and the experience and my last uh, co collaborator, musical collaborator, he would always be like, "You gotta write a story, you know, a song about your experience one day. Like, that's gonna be so powerful." And but at the time, it was like it was too fresh. I didn't know like how to write about what I had just been through. Like, I was still recovering. I mean, I kind of still am, and you know. I've been in remission for two years. So since then, I've been in a different mindset where I feel like, you know, I'm not on, on edge about like what's happening with my cancer. And so I've been able to step back and like look at the experience and I've gone through a lot of like a lot of therapy. So anyway, can't remember what the prompt was, but I was doing this thing. Tommy was kind of encouraging me to do this thing where I would take a piece of paper and just go write for like 10 minutes without stopping, just like free write, you know, two, three pages worth of material. And like sometimes I'd have like a word or a phrase or an idea. And I don't remember what my idea was for Glitter and Tears. Maybe it was just simply I was like, maybe today I'll write about my cancer experience. And uh, so I, I did, I wrote about it. And one of the lines, a couple, most of the lines of the song came from this piece of paper. And I, I, and one of the line that really inspired the whole song to be written was not glitter and tears, but wish you were there for my worst or wish you were there at my worst, but I'm kind of glad that you weren't. 
And that was like, basically when I was writing about my cancer experience, I was telling Tommy about it because Tommy and I weren't together. I was married to my son's dad and Tommy was just an acquaintance. So he really didn't, doesn't know my cancer experience firsthand. And I wanted to share it with him. And so in sharing with him, like that was one of the lines I wrote in it. I brought the paper to the session, which is, I wrote it in the house and I walked over to the studio, which is at the house. And our friend Mona came over and the three of us wrote this like upbeat song called Glitter and Tears. And uh, I didn't like it at all. I did like, it was not the right vibe, but we had like a really great chorus. Um, the chorus was amazing and stayed the same but it, it wasn't right so then I took it to, me and Mona I took it to Mona's studio a couple weeks later and we worked on, on it on piano and rewrote all the verses and I think by this time like I had shared so much of my cancer experience with Mona and Tommy it just like flowed so naturally when we wrote it it was really it was really, it was so simple. And so because of that, like, and I loved it on piano. So I brought it home and I recorded it on our tape cassette machine. <laughs> so we had just got this tape, like a four track tape cassette machine. And so I recorded the piano and vocals on that and sped it up. And it sounded so cool. And I was like, this is such a good, like beautiful, simple song. Like it doesn't need any, like, other production so we just kept it really simple so that's how kind of the song was created and it just I know I'm oh, sorry I know your question was like why is it the first song but I feel like it's me being in a, a vulnerable place of sharing my pain and also sharing my healing and um the rebirth into this like next chapter of music so I don't know how it'll go, you know, because like everyone's like, you should release an upbeat song first. But I think Glitter and Tears is like an absolute major song. So I think it'll be received well. I don't know. Anyway, that was a lot of thoughts. <laughs> no, it's a lot of thoughts that fit within the scope of the song, really, because I feel like you're absolutely right in regards to why it should be out first in the vein of what you said there at the end, because I think reflective of everything that you said i think if there is like a a phrase or like a a collection of words that could be used to describe the sentiment it almost feels like in some ways you're you've arrived at this point where you're rebirthed and you're able to look at your past self and say like it's gonna be okay or it is okay like kind of like showcasing that the path going forward is a lot you know better after after having gone through uh everything you went through and i think What's very powerful about that is even though what you went through is so specific, people go through things like, you know, every day in their own lives. So having to having someone able to echo that sentiment and knowing they've been through some stuff, I think is undeniably powerful. Yeah, so do I. Thanks. No, I appreciate you putting so much of yourself out in your music like that. It's important. It is. Like it, yeah, I don't know. It is important, 
it's definitely like it's it's an experience. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was gonna say, do you ever find your in relation to that? This question just popped in my head, so it might not be as like well thought out as I like it to be. But like, do you ever like find yourself like in a shop, like in a grocery store, like a bookstore, and you hear music playing over, and like the lyrics are so frivolous, you're almost thinking like, why can't I do that? Like, why can't I just like some throwaway stuff? Like snap your fingers here that like you know like when you hear music that doesn't really speak to anything i ask myself all the time why can't i just do that it would be you know so much easier on my emotional well-being probably that's not true <laughs> writing this kind of music is so healing and cathartic that i feel like i have to do it to stay sane to be honest you know, it's like how I process everything. And yeah, I like, I think music growing up for me was so influential. Like it helped me through everything. So doing the same for anyone who hears my music is, you know, is special. It's a good like mission statement to have. I mean, that's like a terrible phrase, but there's definitely a better one out there, I'm sure. But it's a good idea to have. And, you know, in relation to um, Glitter the glitter and Tears, I wanted to bring up the video because that'll be coming out this week as well. Yes. And I yeah. I, I haven't seen the video yet, but I've seen like, you know, the stuff you put on social media, like the behind the scenes photos. It seems like you worked with an amazing team on that. And um, I, I've noticed, like, I, I, I'm glad you used the word rebirth because I feel like it is indicative of what I see in those photos there. And it also shows this, because you talked about the color green earlier. I feel like what I've also seen with you, Ella, is like this really nice embracement of nature. And can you talk to me about that? Like how that kind of relates to what you want to do for the video there? Yeah. I, I grew up in the desert and I've always found a lot of healing in nature and just... I feel at ease and connected with myself. And I recently moved closer back into nature. I'm kind of, I'm up in the mountains a little bit above LA. It's inspired my music again. And I'm really, I'm, re I'm outdoors a lot. We go camping. I rock climb. I spend a lot of time in, in nature. And I guess why it really, that's just, you know, me, I'm just a nature person. I am, I just want to be a nature fairy that's just, you know, floating around and taking naps and, and moss and, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want to work hard. I want to, you know, I want to be whatever that picture is of lying around doing nothing. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a great life when you describe it like that. That's what I, that's exactly what I'm doing in the video. But what I was going to say, there is, there's a deeper meaning to why I, everything and all my visuals are nature, like in nature, this like healing, this heart journey is such a cheesy, I need to find a different way to say that, but like this, like self-acceptance and love that I've been experiencing like it was it there was a starting point there was like a a moment of 
of realization um, and awareness, I like had I went to a nature therapy retreat that my friend hosted. It's like a camping camping retreat out in um, the Alabama Hills, which is like this beautiful rocky desert landscape at the base of Mount Whitney in the Eastern Sierras in California. It's gorgeous. Like you're in this like desert landscape looking at snow-capped mountains. And I, it was there at this retreat that I like realized that my heart was completely broken, such a mess. And that was when I decided I was going to like start taking steps to heal it. And little did I know that like also all this other life stuff was going to happen, like getting diagnosed with cancer and getting divorced. But I, uh, I feel like because that happened in nature, it's really been like a kind of a theme in my life and my music. And it inspires a lot of my lyrics too. Like, I feel like I write about nature. I feel like it comes through my lyrics a lot as well. So yeah, in my video and my music video for Glitter and Tears, it is beginning of a four part series. The four videos highlight the four elements like I was talking about earlier. Um, So this is the water one and it's my rebirth. And so I like went swimming completely naked in a stream outside of LA. And that was the video. It was a very like, it's a very like, um, I don't know. It was a beautiful experience. It it looks it. I was going to say that was a nice creative brief to have for the team there. I mean, uh, in reference to like, you know, the video, and I would also say, like, with some other stuff you've posted on social media, right? Like, I, I want to make sure I ask this as respectfully as possible. But, like, yeah, I, I couldn't help but notice, like, with the way you're able to share these things now, there's this kind of clear focus, I think, on celebrating the fact that, at least how it's perceived to me, that you're comfortable in your body. And yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. I bring this up because it is reflective on the music. It is, but also visually in just terms of how we receive that. I mean, I imagine that was quite a journey to get to that point. Like, and I, I bring that up when I think about societal bullshit, things about how people are raised. And like, I feel like, unfortunately, there must be an inner journey to reach that point. And I think that's really powerful that you found yourself there. Yeah, I have. It's also why I'm like having a lot of like many panic attacks this week because, um, you know, it has been such a journey to get to that point, but also it's still very like, wow, like, I don't, am I ready? Like, for, I don't know. I don't know how my family's going to react to knowing that I'm like went and like filmed myself <laughs> with a team of, of women, like, just bathing naked in the river and there is like a guy fishing not that far away that probably saw the whole thing oh shit (laughs) but yeah i i i think i personally have always been comfortable in my body but i've been told not to be so it's kind of been like a you know i'm comfortable with this and i'm tired of like I'm tired of being ashamed that I'm comfortable in my body. So yeah, I feel, and I feel like I, 
and like glowing and I'm happy. And so I just, yeah, I wanted all that to come through and the images. And so it's not about like, I don't know. It's not about being like, oh, like I'm going to show as much skin as I can to get attention, which is what a lot of people are going to say. It's about, you know, being in my true power, being in my body. Like, uh, like, I'm really glad that you pointed that out there at the end, because I feel like it calls out that for someone to think that or to make a comment like that would be someone taking that in on a very surface level and not considering the obvious nature of like what you're trying to do. Because for me, I see that. And when I say celebration, I also see embracement. I see understanding. And I see someone who feels at home within their body, which is something that I like to point out in the sense that should seem obvious. And you would hope that everyone feels that way, but in a strange way, everyone doesn't. So I, I think when people could see you being the way you are in that sense, even if they don't recognize it, like some people, I mean, I think it might inspire other people to think like, oh, maybe I could feel that way about my own body too. Like, it's just, I think seeing things out in the world impact us consciously and subconsciously in a very like, you know, poignant way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think like, I mean, that is my hope that, and it kind of has always been my goal is just to show, especially like, especially other women, especially like other moms, like, you know, especially young songwriters, to be honest. Like, I am 36. And when I go into like a session with 20 year olds, I really like, it's crazy how they really think their career is going to end at 25. And it's not that they think that they're being told that. I, I can relate. Sorry, I don't know how I got on that subject, but. <laughs> no, please can no continue because you're saying something that's very relatable. I was just going to say, like, for me, as a visual artist, you wouldn't think like that type of age dynamic would exist in like the photo video world, but it does as well. Like, I, I think what you're saying crosses beyond music. So, yeah, please. Yeah, it's like my goal to show, you know, like I want to show, like I used to think when I, you know, when I was in my early twenties, I definitely thought like I couldn't have started to have a music career past, you know, 24, 25, like not as a new artist. And like that idea is, it's so like, it's still being, it's stronger than ever. I think right now, so I was just going to say as my goal is to show people like, you know, like it doesn't matter what you, your life experiences have been, what you know, your age, um, none of that matters. Like you can still, it's, you know, you can really, you can chase after what you love. Like it might not be easy, but it's possible. I think you I think you do that well. And, you know, by the way, in reference to what you're saying about age there, and also you mentioned for a second, like, you know, motherhood, and it's something I did want to bring up. I, I want to just take a moment to acknowledge how beautiful it is that we could have a conversation about you and your art while you're also a mom. And I bring that up specifically because 
I have seen it with friends of mine who are mothers, parents, but I feel like in a more profound way, mothers specifically, where there's, I don't know how I would describe it, but I've heard people tell it to me where sometimes that role of being a mother can dominate so much of the focus of your life, understandably so, that it can almost feel like other things in your life almost become eclipsed by it. So I just wanted to say that I'm glad we got to being a mother is important. It's one of the most important things in the world, but I'm glad we could focus on you as an individual as well. It's, that's important as well. It's so important. Like holding on to your identity as, you know, as, you know, you weren't always a mother. So I think, yeah, it's, it's nice to, it's nice to be seen as a single person and not as a mom. There was a show recently where I, <laughs> This is a random story. No, please. No, please share. I love random stories. Okay. There was a show recently where I was introducing White Noise. So, what, you know, White Noise is a song about postpartum depression or inspired by postpartum depression. And I was introducing the song and I was like, you know, I wrote this song about being a mom. And it's not very popular to write a song about being a mom. <laughs> Someone in the crowd yells out like, says something like yeah it's not <laughs> like <laughs> oh shit <laughs> i was like okay cool well damn you're not gonna like this song you said it just like that i bet <laughs> it was something like that it maybe wasn't that bad it was pretty bad though he was it was definitely affirmation of that whatever i was about to say and i also recently talked um, you know, like, it's really, it's funny when you're a mom playing shows and, uh, you know, you're venues where people don't like a lot of times, like they, they don't want to think about their family or their kids or whatever. They just want to like have a good time. And you're like, I'm going to, you know, here's this really emotional song about, about postpartum depression and motherhood. It's kind of a lot to put on people, but. Was this while you were touring with Broods earlier? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Lovely people, though. Yeah. It was great. The shows were amazing. Yeah. I was also going to say, yeah, being, I guess, just <sighs> being a mom in the music industry is is really a challenge, I must say. Well, pl- please elaborate, because I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people might know that on the surface, but would have no real idea of, like, what that entails. I think. It's hard to not lose connection with yourself, especially like the first five years. I mean, I had really bad postpartum. So my experience is, you know, completely through that lens. But there's not, you know, as a new artist, it's really hard. It's hard to afford a babysitter. It's hard to afford daycare. You, if you want to be playing shows and you want to go on tour, like you have to have that support team to to watch your kid. Like it's not, and then the time, like it's hard. You don't need to. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say this, but it's just like like the last situation I was in, for example, my labels kind of situation. The pressure to keep up with all, with the young upcoming artists that have all the free time in the world 
to make TikToks and reels and, and content. Like you don't have that. You just don't have, I don't have that same time or it's not as my time is so much more valuable than, than that. I don't know, but in general, I think, yeah, jump in. Oh, I was just going to say, in reference to what you just said there, that last bit, because you said maybe I should say it. You should, because even though that's specific to music and specific to content, like, say someone working at an office who's, like, trying to, like, get ahead, but they're older, and, like, there's younger people who are willing to work later, but they have a kid they have to get back home to. It's like, they can relate to that. It's, it... Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard if you want to get ahead. And, like, I guess at some point, like, I don't know, for me, I don't necessarily like want to get ahead. Like, I just want to keep doing what I want to be able to keep making music. So that's my goal. I think there's not, there's not, in general, there's not a lot of support for moms, period. (laughs) So whatever industry you're in, like, it's, it's a struggle. Like, you know, I'm sure even, you know, in the best of situations, it's just like being a mom is just hard. It it takes up a lot of your brain space. No, I, I can imagine. And like, honestly, thank you for sharing that, because I think it's important that people know. I mean, I know there's probably a myriad of ways. But before we go on to the next thing, just in reference to what we're talking there, like, if you were to try to consider or isolate, I isolate the thought and think about one. Do you, do you think there's one thing that would surprise people the most about being a mom in the music industry? Like, I get. <laughs> oh, oh, so you like this question. OK, good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, OK, there's a lot, to be honest. You could say two. You could go for two. Two surprise things that would surprise. OK. People. Um, I mean, I guess one. The, neither of them are that are surprising. They're pretty like actually now that I'm thinking about it, like they're funny. Okay, wait, now I need to think. Ugh. Can we come back to it? We can come back to it. We go back to it. Because I was actually gonna bring up that I think a few months back, like on social media, I might have been in the stories or something. I think I saw that you said something like you had this desire of like um making a podcast where we would talk to other artists and music industry people are also moms yeah specifically about what that's like is that an idea that's in the works because i have to say as someone who does podcasts and consumes all the podcasts that is a really great idea that you had with that i would really love to do it i i don't know where to start which is why i haven't done it yet but maybe it's the next project but i like when i i started my artist career when I was pregnant which is so rare you know yeah which is not like (laughs) maybe the best time but actually probably the best time in a way because like I was really focused and it like finally got me like on a mission on a timeline like I had to have songs done you know before he was born and Um, I only had so many hours. Now I'm like, you know, the positive sides of being a mom in the music industry. You know, you, your kid teaches you a lot about yourself. And my son really inspires me to like write. 
And as he's gotten older, you know, like he's really musical and he'll hear me working on a song and he immediately will be like, well, what's the song about? And I'm like, well, I don't know. And he's like, well, you need to figure it out. I'm like, I know that's what I'm doing. Okay. And then he'll come, he'll come back another day. I'll be working on it again another day. And he's like, (laughs) well, what's the song called? I'm like, I don't know yet. I'm still working on it. And he's just like, ah, you gotta have a, you gotta have a title. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, well, I'm sorry. I'm not up to your speed. (laughs) So, um, he literally encourages me to write songs. So that is, you know, a cool thing about being mom in the music industry. The other cool thing about being a mom in the music industry is that like, you know, when you tell people that you're a mom, they're like, oh, how cute. Wait, what? How cute? People say that. How cute. People say that to me so often about so many things that, and I, I don't know if I should. I'm pretty offended by it. You should be. How cute in reference to you doing one of the hardest things a human being could do in the fucking world, like be a parent. Uh-huh. Yeah, my last. I also other cool things about being a mom in the music industry is that when you post any pictures of your kid, everyone immediately thinks you're not doing music anymore. I wish this was video because the face I just made. What the fuck? How degrading that is towards the fact you have a fucking career. What the hell is that? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Thank you for calling that out because all that's stupid. Because, you know, like, I, I hesitate to say it, but fuck it. There might be someone listening who is inclined to do things like that and not re- somehow not realize they're superly stupid and offensive things to do. If you are such a said person, I hope you recognize that those are shitty things to do. I hope you can take that with you and know you should never say or do things like that in this world. Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I also, I also, like, you know, there's like, I can't tell anyone or there's a fear of telling anyone of if and when I'm going to have another kid. It's the cool thing about being a mom in general. <laughs> Especially in the music industry, it's like, well, that's going to, you know, oh god, that's going to ruin plans. So, like, people just factor in the timing of being pregnant and post, and they just think like that time would be lost. I guess, right? Well, because by the time you're done with that, and you're going to be even older, this is what I've been told. These are things I've been told. This is so fucked. This is so mental, man. Because it's like you know. I say this as a non-parent, right? Like me personally, I look at having children. I have friends who have children and my brain always finds itself uh, like staggered at how difficult it looks like from the outside in terms of just like how much it takes up your brain space, how responsible you have to be. And then my brain then tries to imagine what it's like to actually be doing it. And then it's like, I can't even, I know from friends, they say you, you don't know what it's like until you're doing it. And it's like, for me, I have an innate respect for that because that's difficulty. Like that's, you're taking care of a life. Like there's nothing more arguably for, no, fuck it, not arguably. There's nothing more difficult in life than doing that. I genuinely believe that. Yeah. But you know, there's, uh, I mean, we can do a whole podcast about, about that, to be honest. <laughs> we absolutely <laughs> We absolutely can. I might ping you yeah. someday for that, to do that. Just like the, the gripes of, not gripes even, but just like set, shedding a light on this 
the stupid shit you have to go through. I mean, I respect you already, but hearing that you have to put up with that shit and you're able to still carry on, it's like, good on you, because, you know, fuck all those people. That's bloody... Honestly, yeah. This week, like, to be honest, this week feels like such a celebration because, honestly, after what I've been through, like, personally and with the music industry, like, it is hard to put to keep putting music out after you know to keep going and like some days i'm just like am i sh- like am, is this like is this worth it it's so hard it's so much it's so hard to to be an artist these days i think like it requires so much of you more than like like there were people back in like even like throughout history but up into the 90s who could just put music out and then that was it. And I sometimes think about this with artists like you and artists that are friends of mine. Like, I feel for you knowing that that's not what the case is. Like, I feel a sadness in that. Like, there's so much extra stuff beyond just putting music out that. Yeah, it's like, I mean, the intention is right and the goal is right. Like, you want people to hear your music. It's just having the weight be completely on the artist social media is really difficult and like it's really difficult to not judge your work by how well it reacts on tiktok like you can't judge a piece of work by that but like we all are judging ourselves on that and that's not the that's not you know it's not sustainable for art yeah but I'm trying to enjoy it. like I do find a lot of positive stuff in social media and I like sharing and posting and but I try, you know, I'm I try not to get too caught up in numbers. Yeah. And you know, like I've been giving you, you your flowers a lot in this talk, which I don't mind. I'll continue to do it. But like in reference to this talk we're having right now, which I think is like pretty incredible, you know, it's like this talk and like the way you're going about things with releasing, you know, the single and the album, it's like, it's on your own terms right now. And it was a journey to get here. Like us having this conversation, the way we're having it was formed by your own terms. And like, there's, there's something to celebrate within that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Thanks. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you agree. Of course. Yeah. And before we go, I want to tie back to the music and, we kind of talked about this already, but I would just love to get your thoughts on it some more that when you consider the, this, this collection of songs that you have for Superglue, what do you think is a trait that these songs have that sets them apart from your older work? I mean, we talked about like being more free and fun and being able to just kind of make the music you want to hear. But like, what do you think it is that makes Superglue's like, such a different chapter for you when you think about just where you are now i i feel like i really challenge myself as a songwriter with this album i feel like i mean i worked with all new collaborators i was i co-produced it which i hadn't i hadn't been working on the production side of my music as intensely as 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 this album for mul- multiple reasons so with this it was really like me getting back to like my history as a touring 
indie rock artist and playing with synths in the studio. So I found a lot of new sounds and I had time. So I had, I mean, I had time. I say I have had time. Like, I'm, you know, I'm married. I take, you know, got to do, you know, I got to be a wife. And I had my five-year-old at the time was doing pandemic Zoom kindergarten. Um, so lots of time um, to discover a new sound. I think that's, I think what sets it apart from my other albums is that it, it feels very, I feel like I was in control of it. It feels like my project completely. That's beautiful. Think about like that. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm just a podcaster, your friend, I'm just some dude, but like that, if there's anything I'd love you to do that last bit there, what you just said, I hope you can have that as an affirmation or something you could carry with you. Cause like just there are people who have careers that from the outside, anyone would like, you know, um, admire or like you know feel envious towards but there's people who have careers like that and can never say what you just said yeah it is it's been like I mean it it really is like I could cry like it's been such a it's been such a just like a a really incredible project and where and experience and it's a really special album to me and I think it always will be. And like, it's one of the few times I've made music that I can, that I'm not sick of when it comes time to release it. So. Well, I can't wait to hear more of it. I appreciate that you're doing it and thank you for this. Thank you. You're always really great at doing it, but thank you for being so open. Like I really do appreciate it. You know, you're welcome. Thanks for letting me wander and um, get off topic and, <laughs> we all ended we always ended up going back and at the end of the day it's always is about the music so that's the beautiful thing isn't it yeah well you're a great a great podcaster host interviewer oh shucks oh. <laughs> on a monday too i'm gonna take this away for the rest of the week thank you for that yeah <laughs> truly a pleasure Thank you so much for checking this out. Be sure to subscribe to The New Exchange via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you stream podcasts. Until next time, thank you for listening.